A quick hello and we're good to go. Welcome to the show, Dennis. You welcome. Everyone gets the song whether they want it or not. Um, I've known you as a Facebook uh, expert or Facebook ads. Is it more Facebook ads or is it Facebook in general? I don't even care about Facebook or Google or TikTok or Snapchat. I want to drive traffic and sales. Brilliant. And it doesn't matter what platform it is. And so today we're going to be talking about uh, authority, high authority SEO for personal branding, which is going to be incredibly interesting. But before we start that, quickly show, uh, I had a Wikipedia disaster, which uh, I'd, I'd just like to share because I've actually managed to recover. Um, the Wikipedia editors deleted all the articles around me. Uh, and you can see there that my um, presence in the knowledge graph actually completely disappeared. My knowledge pa panel disappeared for a few days and it's taken me a month and a half and I've rebuilt it back up. Um, and a lot of that is thanks to WordLift, which has been, uh, who are actually partners of the show uh, for creating schema markup and pushing this information out to Google. Um, and it's been a really interesting experience to discover how unimportant Wikipedia can be in the knowledge graph in the Google understanding space. So on to the program. Uh, I was looking at how well we could rank or how well we were ranking on YouTube for your name. Several problems. There are multiple Dennis Hughes, including a film producer, uh, lots of other people. And also you've made absolutely boatloads of videos. <laughs> and I don't even have a channel. Right. Oh, you do. I, I saw it. You've got 57 subscribers, or is that not you? Oh, I think, no, it is mine. I, I made it years ago, just as a right. test. You just, I mean, but uh, your your channel ranks literally 90th just above us. So wow. um, we, we're ranking number 100. And one, one thing I'd like to see as this is going on is does YouTube push us up to the top during the period at which I'm talking to you live? All right. Everybody, what? do you hear that? that? That's a good little contest. <laughs> it, well, it, it tends to, but I think beating 100th is not going to be very difficult. So I'm, I'm betting on, on the fact that we will uh, beat 100. Um, I was looking you up. I looked at your site, and you talk a lot, or you're very into um, mentorship of young adults. Yes. Because you were mentored yourself. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Because I'm actually really interested in that idea because it seems so generous. It seems like that's the way the world has always run, the idea of an apprenticeship, of learning from someone who's an expert, where the school system will take you to a certain point enough for you to be able to work at a profession that you've chosen. In the United States, that really hasn't been the model because of business school and bro printers and Gary Vaynerchuk and this kind of thing. But for me, I was what was, what was called a paper tiger. Have you heard of that? Yeah, I saw it in one of your videos, but can you explain it to me? Because I've forgotten. A paper tiger is someone who does really well in school, but right. is a paper tiger where they don't have any real claws or real bite. And I had no work experience. I had no network and I had good grades and good test scores, but it wasn't enough. And it wasn't until a mentor, Al Casey, who was the CEO of American Airlines, took me under his wing and showed me what it really means to be in business, to run a meeting. To but how, how did you manage to get in contact with the CEO of American Airlines? I mean, that seems like a bit of a leap from even for somebody who's very clever. <laughs> I took a class from him. And he took a liking to me and I was shy. And one day in office hours, because a lot of these adjunct professors that teach just for fun, they, mm. a lot of executives like to do that kind of thing. He said, boy, you have a 
smile that could sell toothpaste. And oh, can you show me, please? All right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what 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 make of toothpaste? I will buy it because mine is good. I, it's one of those things where, you know, in, in school maybe or uni where often the professor or the guest is seems like they're too far away or mm. they're too successful and you don't want to approach them because you don't want to seem like an idiot because you're nobody, right? Okay. And that's how I felt. But he encouraged me and it was through that that I visited him more often and his secretary, Libby Scott, said, oh, yeah, I'll love to see you. And it was almost like he was my grandfather in a way. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, can, can, well, the question there, sorry, is, I mean, you approached somebody who was an authority, or a figure of authority, despite your shyness, and, and that got you started on the on, on being mentored, and then moved you on to other mentors? Yeah, and from him, because when you meet this guy initially, it's intimidating, not because yeah. he's a mean person, but when you walk into his office, you see pictures of him with presidents of the United States and the CEOs of major companies. And you're thinking, wow, I'm like a nothing. Right. And his office is the size of most people's houses. It's yeah. on the top floor of an office building in the corner. And it, you know, CEO of a big company, but through meeting him, he'd say, Hey, I'm having lunch with Dick Hayen, who's the CEO of Allstate insurance, which is one of the world's largest insurance companies. Or he'd say, I'm, I'm uh, meeting the CEO of Goldman Sachs, would you like to come along? Yeah. And of course, you know, what, what would you think if someone asks you, you'd be like, oh my goodness, I'm scared to death, but yes, I want to come, right? And he opened so many doors for me. Everything right. that I've ever had was because he initiated it. And but, those mentors that opened up other doors. And I've always approached life that way. Any success but, I've ever had is because someone opened the door for me. But uh, excuse me, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to disagree with you. It isn't just because they opened the door, it's because you grasped the opportunity. I walked through difference. it. I, I worked hard as well. But but uh, walking walking through, sorry, I'm, I'm going to argue with you now. But you're, yeah. You didn't just walk through, you grasped it and you made something of it because they wouldn't right. have noticed you. They wouldn't have paid attention. If you just said, okay, he's opened the door, here I am, what we do now. You presumably, and I'm obviously guessing, you, you made a move and you made an effort and you... Yeah took control of something of the situation. What, what would you yeah. say to that? Any door he opened, I jumped through. If he, it, anything I could do to do a menial task, I was there to do that because I mm -hmm. wanted to add as much value. If he told me to read a book, I read that book, right? If he told me to look up somebody before we met them, that's what I did. And it shortcut a lot of things where being able to spend time with him was something that other people were scared to do, look, uh, through another mentor, Bill Harnish, who is a billionaire and mm -hmm. ran one of the largest, or still runs one of the largest hedge funds uh, on the planet. I went skiing with him for three days, not to boast, but just to give you an example, I had a finance degree coming in, right? And I thought I knew about finance because I was, I read all the books and I could mm -hmm. pass all the quizzes and that kind of thing. I wrote a number of papers. But it wasn't until I saw him do transactions, like sell a company to General Electric and negotiate that thing. Or one time we were on the ski lift and he just picked up his phone and said, okay, I want you to buy you know, 500,000 shares of Best Buy right there. And then we went back to skiing and talking and I said, well, how did you know right then that you needed to buy 500,000 shares of Best Buy? And he explained why and he explained how you buy and sell companies. And I said, I was never taught that in school. I was taught that here's your 
chart of T accounts and here's your balance sheet. Mm. And here's the different exercises that we arithmetically calculate through. But no one told me if you want to buy a company, this is how you value them. This right. is how you, you deal with the negotiations of their legal team versus your legal team. Where do I get well, um, they're kind of um, coming back. They don't teach you in school all the stuff that's really going to make something great. I mean, I made a cartoon for kids and I was told, no, 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 on everything I was offering. And I ended up making it on my own with my ex-wife. And it was a big success. We ended up with a worldwide TV series, five million kids a month uh, coming to the website. And, and that's the point is that the so-called experts don't necessarily know. Uh, and somewhere yeah. along the line, what you're being taught is not necessarily what's going to function. And that's great. I mean, and now you've moved on to mentoring other people, I would imagine. Yeah. And in the last few years, not that I can take credit for their growth, but I absolutely, it's almost like I feel like I'm the grandfather because I've been doing digital for 30 years. For example, I have all these mugs and cups and glasses. So this is Oklahoma Christian University. Mm -hmm. And we teach kids there. And I have a video of myself and the president of the university talking about how important this is, taught a number of classes over there. We put these kids through our program so they can get their first job. I was there a few months ago, right before the pandemic thing happened. And I remember I was speaking in a large auditorium with a whole bunch of professors. And I said, raise your hand if you would like to get a job, right? If you have a job, you know, and of course mm -hmm. all the hands shot up because you have a lot of these seniors and they build it as Dennis Yu is gonna show you how to get a job using in digital marketing and personal branding and Facebook ads and all that kind of stuff, right? So of course, these kids are gonna come to, to this lecture. And I said, okay, for those of you that has, have your hands up, how much money do you need to make or do, would you like to make to, be, to consider yourself successful? You over there, you know, 30,000. You over there, 35,000, right? In the United States, which is $3,000 a month. So I said, everybody here, coming out of school, graduating, if you made $3,000 a month, now this is Oklahoma, which is a little bit different, it's not Los Angeles, right? Would, would you consider that to be good? And everyone's like, yep, that would be. I said, what if I told you that you could start a digital marketing agency and we'll give you the clients and the clients are paying you $1,000 a month each that with three clients that you're already at $3,000 a month and you're equivalent to that full-time income, but you don't have to work full-time to serve three clients. What if I told you that if you had a certification in digital marketing that is put on together with the university and with us and with GoDaddy and Infusionsoft and some of our other partners, we'll teach you how to do it from other people who, who do search engine optimization or right, okay. who build you know, landing pages or who run ads on Instagram from, from the people at Instagram we have we built training together. Would so you like? You're, you're talking about a lack of ambition. You're saying these people are saying, "Well, I'll, I'll set for three thousand euros," and you're saying you actually can do much better with actually not very much skill or very much knowledge. Well, it's not. It's less the lack of ambition and more the they're willing to work hard as long as you can give them a direction. I I, I retranslate that Gen Z millennial thing, not as they're lazy or entitled or need to have praise every three seconds or whatever. To they just need to be given a direction because. Everyone, when they're young, they have no idea where they're going. They need a mentor to give them a path. And because who doesn't want to care for their girlfriend? And maybe their girlfriend's pregnant and they need to now that, you know, they have expenses. They have a baby on the way. They need to move out of their parents' house, whatever the situation is. Right. Mm -hmm. I think young adults of all ages face those similar kinds of situations. But you've got to break the chicken and the egg cycle, which you and I know, which is to get some experience so that a business will hire you. So yeah. us as a business, 
why would we hire anybody who doesn't have any real training in digital marketing, for example? Yeah. So you have to you have to put yourself out there in one way or another and getting that opportunity and, and making sure that opportunity is actually valuable experience that people will respect. And there's a really nice word in French, which is lagnac, which basically means drive, but it means drive as in you get up every morning and you really want to do it. But you really want to do it in a very positive, human personal yeah. manner. Uh, and I love that. I mean, it's, it's one thing that's got me through my entire career. Uh, and I'm beginning to suspect it's pretty similar for you. Now, let's move on to the topic of the day, which is personal branding. And you were saying high authority SEO. So the first thing is to say, what do you mean by personal branding? And the second thing is, what do you mean by high authority SEO? And then we can put them together. How does that sound as a neat <coughs> package? That sounds good. And if you guys are watching live or on a replay, I'd love to hear what your best strategy is for personal branding. And I'll come back and check the comments and see what you guys are saying. Let me tell you a story. So six weeks ago, I spoke at a conference in Indianapolis in front of 300 doctors. This is during the pandemic, right? Everything's yeah, 300 doctors, one meter apart each. Supposedly, no one was wearing a mask. Oh, right, oh, and, crumbs. And yeah, you know, the, the thing is with, you know, two meters or two and a half meters, do you think it's like, well, the, you're, you're safe as long as you're two meters away. But if you're 1.9 meters, now you're in danger. Come on, right? Oh, well, so I don't know. I, I wouldn't want to get into that debate, especially as you were talking <laughs> to doctors. And if doctors are sitting that close together, either they really know what they're doing or they're slightly yeah. foolish. But, I mean, the, the, okay. beyond, I beyond that, the you're speaking to 300 doctors. Yeah, yeah. I want to get to the, to the point. So I'm there teaching at a conference of 300 chiropractors at a conference and we're talking about digital marketing and how to drive leads for chiropractors. Talking about how search engines work because I built the analytics at a search engine 20 years ago. That gives me some cred. And I tell some interesting stories. I talk about mentorship and I talk about, you know, how dollar a day works and one minute videos. And at the end of my speech, 60 minutes later, I make an offer from the stage saying, okay, anyone who signs up for my thing, before the end of lunchtime, because we're breaking for lunch, can get this package valued $8,600 for $2,500. And we sold 50 of them on the spot. Right. right. So 100K initially. And then that's the setup package. And then they move into $2,000 a month in retainer. So that's $100,000 a month of ongoing revenue Right. times 50. So that is now a seven-figure business right there on the spot. Right? Okay. Now, when I was done speaking, there was someone came up to me, some kid, and his name was Tristan Parmley. And he said, I've been preaching the same thing about chiropractors who need to make one minute videos and dollar a day and get their digital plumbing with the remarketing and all this. I've been preaching this for the last three years and I've only been able to get a few clients, but you come here mm. and you, you suck the oxygen out of the room. And wherever I go, people are saying, because this guy set up a booth in the exhibit hall called Cairo Revenue, and people would come up and they'd say, oh, Cairo Revenue, you do digital ads. How is that different than what Dennis Yu does? And he's like, <laughs> deflate it, right? Because, you know, you spend money to go to a conference and you pay for a booth and you prepare all these materials and you're ready to have all these conversations and generate leads and your thing and is called Cairo Revenue and you're ready to, to drive revenue. So the difference is personal branding is what you're saying. Is that correct? You're saying that you've got a personal brand and people people yeah. pulled along by your magnetic 
personality when you actually present and the way you actually present what you're doing. And this guy was lacking that kind of branding that you have. Is that correct? Mm, I don't think it's about a magnetic personality. I have a face made for radio. I can't sing like you can, Jason. But, I've got a, I've got, I've got a, a voice made for radio and a face made for, <laughs> or a face, yeah, it's, or a voice. We're made getting for, confused. For yeah, you so, have the face. I've got the voice. Maybe if we put it together, we can make a career. Yeah, I don't have that magnetic, hypnotic, charismatic thing. But you I'm, have branding. I didn't mean magnetic. That was the yeah. wrong word. What I meant is you, you have branding, and people are saying, okay, Dennis, you believe him because you've got lots of convincing backstories is that correct or or am i looking at it too simplistically no, that's, that's right i was a, i was a search engine engineer not a public figure not someone who is you know hustling from the stage that kind of thing i am not this outgoing sort of personality but what i did show was that i cared and mm. i've published a, a number of articles i have a reputation when people ask for help that i help them out just don't ask if your facebook ad accounts get shut down. Like that's one thing I won't do or to meet Mark Zuckerberg or for an investment. But, you know, aside from things like that, we do a lot of mentoring and Sean Dill, who is the best known chiropractor in the space and has an audience of several thousand chiropractors. There's 60,000 chiropractors in the United States. He invited me to be on his podcast and thousands of these chiropractors have tuned in to watch us chat about if you're a chiropractor, this is what you need to do. This is how you make a one minute video. This is how you store videos on your iPhone and you get them over to a virtual assistant in the Philippines to edit that. This is how you take that video and transcribe it into a blog post. Here is all the training on how exactly you do that if you're a chiropractor and you don't wanna do it yourself, but you'd love to just hire someone to do that. And if you like it, here it is for free. Let me just give it to you, right? And because I gave away all that content, that created more links for us because it influenced the social graph, which okay, is I mean, Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn and other people talking about it, which then influenced SEO, which is the result of content marketing, SEO, PR, social media, advertising. The things I did was I gave out knowledge. Yeah, and so I've come back to that particular space. You're saying that the people within that um, conference already knew who you were because you had been on somebody, a famous chiropractor's show. Yeah. Is that correct? That's right. And then at and lunchtime, people came up to me saying, I bought your package, but can you tell me what, what did I just buy? <laughs> and the majority of the people had no idea what it was that they bought, but they bought because they, they came in. And I talked to Sean Dill, who runs that conference yesterday, and he told me, yeah, Dennis, when you showed up there, people were going to buy. They came in saying, yep, I'm, what, I know Dennis, is when he's speaking, he's going to have something he's going to sell, and I'm going to buy that. So they already made that commitment. So, so I mean, your, your personal branding is sufficiently strong that when you turn up at a conference, people are already expecting and waiting for you and looking for what you can provide in terms of value. And how does that hook into what you were talking about as high-authority SEO? Um, that intrigues me. I mean, you're saying you've got this personal brand. Uh, what you just said is appearing on somebody's show is not yeah. SEO per se. Right. So I want to redefine personal branding and then talk about how that ties into high authority SEO. So personal branding is not something you do or say. Because you could claim that you're an expert in whatever area and it doesn't mean anything. 
What matters is what other people say about you. And when mm -hmm. you have enough of this, and not because you're just trying to generate backlinks, but because people who actually have the knowledge, who actually have the audience are talking about you, that is a signal that the search engines will pick up, right? It's not because you're just trying to get links. Yeah, that's right. You Google my name or whatnot, you'll see all, oh, there you are. No, we created you a, a knowledge panel. You don't have one for your, your own name. Uh, and you actually have one for your name with uh, Kelly Cube Tuesdays. Okay. That's Fantastic. our fun game with WordLift. Basically, we use WordLift, which is a semantic engine that creates schema markup that allows yeah. us to push this stuff into the knowledge graph. So we're having fun on the right there. You've got a knowledge graph or a knowledge yeah. panel, which comes from the knowledge graph. So um, that was our success with you. We, we failed on video and <laughs> succeeded in the knowledge graph. So let me give you another quick example, and then I'll, I'll tell you what how I'm looking at high authority SEO. So when Facebook ads first came out in 2007, I wrote a number of articles. I had a number of case studies. I did a lot of speaking. I made very few blog posts myself, but I was interviewed by other people that, and those things got turned into blog posts and whatnot. And if you did a search for Facebook advertising on Google back then, I was the number two search result. Mm -hmm. Number one was facebook.com slash ads, which obviously you're not going to unseat that one. That's the real deal, right? It might be that I searched for Facebook advertising and found you. And that's why I was saying right at the beginning that I associated you with Facebook advertising. Okay. But I would tell you that even though I rank number two, which is arguably the best position that was possible in the world on Facebook ads, I did no SEO. I didn't do any SEO. Right. Oh, this comes back to Chase Reiner, who, who, oh, we've managed to rank number three. So while this is live, live now, we come from 100 to number three. This is like horse racing. I bet on the horse. Dennis Yu, Cali Cube Tuesdays. We've come from number 100 to number three in the space of 20 minutes. Brilliant. Sorry, carry on with your Facebook ads. So SEO was the result mm. of content marketing, SEO, PR, building relationships, that kind of thing. SEO was not something that I did. And one of the things that I would do at conferences just to impress people is like what you're doing here is I would write a blog post from the stage. It would take me whatever, five minutes. I'd say, all right, choose a topic, whatever. I'd use their name and I'd rank on their name like you're doing here. And I'd search through my account. So the search engine knows, and I didn't do the PWS equals zero or anything like that. And I would show how I could rank in some for someone else's name within a few minutes. Mm -hmm. But then if someone else did that search, it might not be there. And then if you did that search a week later, it might not be there. And it was cool because you can impress people in the audience with how you could so-called manipulate search results, but did it drive traffic and did that traffic turn mm -hmm. into sales? What I care about is are we driving sales? So when I rank oh, number right. two, when I rank number two on Facebook ads, I thought, wow, this is amazing, right? This Wouldn't this be like a big SEO accomplishment? What SEO wouldn't want to be able to tell everybody, wow, look at what I did. But you know what happened? I got phone calls like crazy from people who were in weird places and they wanted consulting and they were not our client type. I was so right. inundated with bad quality leads that it actually was a curse. And yeah, that brings to mind a story I read years ago, which is the local painter who wants to rank for white paint. And you're saying, even if you do rank for white paint, can you possibly, uh, A, are you relevant? But B, even if people do want to buy white paint from you, can you possibly actually supply them? And the answer is no. So that idea of ranking for a keyword, which is very sh uh, short head, 
when you're actually looking for more long tail stuff, which is qualified, is perhaps a very good point. Yeah. So we care about results. I care about actually driving revenue or leads or whatever the business result is. I don't care about what I rank for on how many keywords. There's lots of tools that will do that. And that, that might be good, but I want to know, do those rankings result in traffic? Mm. And does that traffic result in a business result? Mm -hmm. Certainly as a secondary indicator, how much traffic I'm getting or how I'm ranking on long tail keywords or keywords that I think I care about could be a good sign. But I want to know, does it drive sales? Right. And when you apply that standard, most of the people who claim that they do SEO, and this is from a guy who is an engineer at the, at the search engines. I was an early, early search engine. Which search right? engine? Yahoo. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. I built the analytics. At, so so you, oh, you built the analytics for Yahoo back in what? 1998, 99? Yeah, 2000. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, I wasn't far off. That was good. Yeah. Got it good. And our job, well, this is before there was a Matt Cuts. Our job was to bust people that were trying to trick us in search engine results. And so what we as a search engine did was looked for signals that were very hard to fake. So hmm. how many unique linking domains were there? What is the link velocity? I'll think about all the things that you might look at from a search engine standpoint. So it's not, you think about all the tips that the SEOs have about you know, meta tags or site maps or the on-site SEO pieces. And then of course, link building, as you and I know is more important, right? But we don't care about anchor text. We don't care about these other pieces because we want to see whether that search result actually does deserve to rank on that particular query. Right, and, and here you're talking about inbound links. I mean, the whole thing about page rank was it was supposed to be revolutionary, but you're now telling me that Yahoo were working on the same thing at the same time, i.e. 2000, saying we're looking at the inbound links and we're evaluating them and we're looking to see if this is honest, if it's not honest, and if this is actually a, a signal of authority or popularity. It was the same people. Our headquarters were just a couple miles apart. We played Frisbee Tuesday and Thursday afternoon. They, the, the Google folks came down. Question is, did you win? They were actually better. So we had David, <laughs> but the two best players out there and few, and anyone who maybe was there and might be watching would, would be hard pressed to argue that it wasn't me and David Philo. So David Philo is a co-founder of Yahoo. So and, you're not just a pretty face. You're a great Frisbee player too. Well, I'm, I have one weird skill. Like I think everybody has like one really weird skill. And, and my one weird skill there is I can throw the Frisbee a long way. Oh, I like that. Oh, do, do can, you do it under, under like vertical? I've heard that that's the best way. <laughs> vertical? I, vertical I, I, with a flip to horizontal. Is that uh, right? That, that doesn't go quite as far, but it's ah. good if you're trying to throw an end zone pass. Yeah. But right, I, okay, I which is why it, I lose. I can throw it nearly the, the length of a football pitch. American football or English football? Uh, American football. Brilliant. Okay, which is further, I think. Or I might be wrong. It's, it's, oh, could, could you could you stand under one goalpost and throw it through the other one? Are you both long and accurate, or just long? As long as there isn't wind, yeah. Brilliant. Okay. So anyway, what I would do is I would, you know, we would we would have the I'd be the quarterback basically, what's called a handler, and David Philo would sprint all the way into the end zone on the other corner, and I would huck it all the way down there, and I knew how to how to make it curve all the way around the other defenders. And land just as it's about in the end zone, and then he would pick it up, and we would just score and score and score. Ooh, I love that bit with a frisbee when it's just landing and it slows down. Yeah, 
Is yeah. that, and, and then you kind of got the time to catch it. Brilliant stuff. A wonderful story about Frisbee football. Um, but what we were talking about was um, you talking about SEO and that you never do SEO. This is a bit like Chase Reiner who's saying, actually, I don't believe in links. I believe in actually getting engagement. Yeah. And us as a search engine, we had a tool and only people who worked at the search engines would know this. But for example, you would do a search and our internal tool would search Google and Facebook at the same time and then put, put it on the left side, right side. You wouldn't know which one it was. And, and you'd guess which search, which search result was better. And you couldn't tell. Just like most people think they can tell the difference between Coke and Pepsi, but in a blind taste test, they actually can't. They think they can, but in a blind test, they can't, right? And they couldn't tell who had the better search results. And further, the search results came back nearly the same. Even I, I heard a Twitter. Yeah, sorry. I heard a story years and years ago that you, Yahoo almost bought Google, but the reason they didn't buy them was because when they yeah. put them face to face, Google wasn't actually any better in their opinion. Right. That's what Tim Kugel did. And it was a personality thing. Google won because they had better marketing. And right. one of my friends, his name is Mitch. I'm not, not going to tell you his last name because it would give it away. But his, his wife was effectively the CMO at Google. And I would get all the lowdown on what exactly Google was doing to be able to generate more PR and marketing and news to be able to incept the media, getting the media to believe that Google was this clean one box. You type it in. It's a fantastic thing. And Google was so good with the media that that created a billion dollars a year of PR, which made people think that Google had a better product when actually they didn't. And, you know, the, the engine that drives revenue right? The idea of PPC. Mm -hmm. This is not me being a sore loser at Yahoo. This is a fact. Google straight up stole that from Yahoo. You know that, right? Oh, I, I, I actually heard of goto.com first. Uh, they were the first PPC people I had heard of. And so the original technology was bought by Yahoo, developed by Yahoo, stolen oh. by Google. Uh, Yahoo had a lawsuit that they waited to spring until Google went public and everyone knew it. All the folks at Google knew it, the folks at Yahoo knew it, and we made billions of dollars when Google IPO'd. And yeah. the Google folks admit completely that for the first 10 years of their existence, they had a cool search engine, which was using the same engineers and whatnot that we had, just like the people at Nike and Adidas are next door to each other, right? And they have employees who go back and forth, just like the people who were trained in revenue management systems at American Airlines were the ones that went to Delta and United and Continental and Southwest and the other airlines. Like, we know that. That's what yeah. happens in an industry where there's a standard, the other airlines, the other search engines, the other car manufacturers, you know, that's why they're all in Detroit, right? Right. They all, okay. they all steal from each other. And we knew that that was the case at Yahoo. Google's uh, paid system came in about 2003, if I remember more or less rightly. Uh, I, I mean, I was using GoTo uh, from 2000 to 2001, then they got bought out by Disney. I mean, there were, there were several platforms that were actually going this pay-per-click system. Yeah, um, I ran Yahoo, Yahoo had the traffic. GoTo didn't. Sorry, go ahead. I ran ads in 1997, PPC ads on, on AOL. Right. right. Oh, crumbs. <laughs> oh, well, I didn't even go to AOL before 1997. In 97, I was still trying to connect with a 14K modem, so I was nothing, yeah, Prodigy, nowhere yeah, near. Prodigy, AOL, CompuServe, all those other guys. And 
yeah, you could do a search on karate and I ranked number one. I had a friend who owned a studio in Dallas and there was no geo-targeting or anything like that. So you did any kind of search on Taekwondo or karate, I was ranking number one and the cost of the traffic was so cheap that even though I was buying it nationwide, it was enough to bring him customers to his studio in Dallas. Right, and you were buying from AOL there at that time. Yeah. Right, okay, brilliant stuff. So a bit of a history of, uh, of the internet, because I was actually in France when you were in the US doing all of that stuff, building a site for kids, um, trying, trying to build up the, um, the enthusiasm using Flash, Macromedia Flash at the time, which oh, then yep. got killed by Steve Jobs, and I still don't like him for it, because even though nobody else likes it, I still love it, because it's great for making cartoons and games, and I loved it. So a bit of a yep. love in there for Macromedia Flash, and I'm very sorry it doesn't exist anymore. But back to the story is now we've got um, high... Um, Sorry, uh, high authority SEO and personal branding. How do you bring them together? So I spoke at this conference and this was just a month and a half ago, drove all these sales because I built relationships. Mm -hmm. Now, somebody looking at it from the standpoint of SEO might think, well, Dennis was building, you know, he wrote good content and he was able to get those links onto websites that have high trust and high authority that are relevant to chiropractors. Right. So they would think, oh, yeah, Dennis is doing great SEO, according to what the SEO tools would say. But I'm like, no, what I did was I built relationships with other people by sharing my knowledge. I was intentionally trying to do what I call inception hmm. in the chiropractor space so that if you want to do anything with digital marketing for chiropractors, we would have the most authoritative content by all the other people that appear to be trusted by the chiropractors. Right. Okay. And all of the signals that the search engine tools and the search engines looking for, I was able to hit, but it was because what I was doing was content marketing and PR and social media and advertising. We had great content and we were pushing it out there to dollar a day. I got on CNN to talk about this. I got on the Washington post. I got on the LA times. So once you've done chiropractors, do you then move on to a different market and, and nail yeah. that market in a similar manner yeah. by creating this high authority exchange and media um, podcast? Um... Well, we've done it in 10 markets. Oh, right. Okay. Chiropractic. So oh, sorry. I, I yeah. don't know. Is it called chiropractic? Is that your feet, by the way? Chiropractic. No, it's, it's your nervous system. A lot of people think it's your spine and your back, but it's any kind of pain. It's things that usually aren't pills and surgery. Right, I better not pitch them because they'll never have me now. I thought yeah. it was feet. I, yeah. So I've, I've just blown my chances. Yeah, that's like a podiatrist. That's that's a little bit different, right? <laughs> yeah. But the point is that they care about helping people. And right. so when you talk about people's stories and you talk about health and wellness and you talk about living longer without pain, then people will start to find a chiropractor. And we're teaching these chiropractors how to tell stories on their cell phone, how I to make TikToks. Our buddy Brandon Brown I think he has three and a half million views on TikTok and he's a chiropractor, right? But he's making interesting little videos and he's dancing and, you know, you know TikTok, same thing for Snapchat. Oh, and okay. so this kid that approached me who had a booth at the conference and had a company named Cairo Revenue, he said, wherever I go, people are asking. He said at least 45 times people have come up to me saying, have you heard of Dennis Yu and what Dennis Yu talked about? And this is a kid who actually does a great job in doing chiropractor, like actually running leads and campaigns, you know, fantastic last three years, worked very, very hard, 
has 150 video scripts, has a whole template on how to do digital marketing and follow-up campaigns and all this stuff. And here I am, I, I know nothing about chiropractors. Come in huh? and get all these leads. And I thought, I, well, did, did you then help him out a little bit at some point or? Well, here's, here's where the story comes full circle. Brilliant. So he approached me initially kind of in pain, but instead of seeing me as a competitor, because I mean, think about how much money you have to invest to, you know, fly a team out and have a booth and all that. I and mean, how disappointing is that this one guy sells from the stage and takes away all your clients, right? Potential clients, all the people come up to you at the booth and, you know, you can't sell one of them. And he says he really wanted to work with me. He wanted to, like, he's open to mentorship and all that. And long story short, I said, hey, you know those 50 clients that we just sold? After I checked out how he did his execution, I said, why don't we put that under your company? Why don't we staff up your company? And mm -hmm. he wanted mentorship, so I said, I'll mentor you. I'll teach you how to put systems and processes in place. I'll teach you how to do high authority content where people come to you. This kid was going about, and if he's watching, right, he'll agree this is true. He was cold calling people. He was cold messaging people, which is what a lot of people in digital marketing do, especially in SEO. They send out these blasts, right? Mm. But imagine when you build relationships, the high authority is what brings inbound. Every client we've ever had, every podcast we've ever been invited to, including this one, has been other people reaching out to us. Every stage I've ever spoken at has been them reaching out, right? To get Nike as a client, to speak at social media marketing world or all that. I've spoken at almost 800 stages. Yeah, I saw all the videos on, on YouTube. I mean, it's yeah. more than 800 videos. People well, appear on video an awful lot, but the videos, you, you've been all over the place. Obviously, you really get out there. And uh, I, I love the story about the, 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 the person at the chiropractic um, conference, which is absolutely lovely because it brings us back to that mentorship idea that you were talking about at the beginning, which is you're now helping other people out like you were yeah. helped out before, which is a great way to end the show. Thank you very much, Dennis. That was brilliant. Thank you, Jason. A quick goodbye to end the show. Thank you, Dennis. Thank you, Thanks a lot, man. <laughs>